0: Welcome to episode 21 of the Parbar podcast, where we will take some time to look just a little bit at Genesis chapter 5. I'd like to read from Genesis chapter 5, verses 28 and following. And Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one will give us rest from our work and from the pain of our hands arising from the ground which Yahweh has cursed. Then Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. So all the days of of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now I know I... Skipped a lot in Genesis chapter 5 all the way down to verse 28, but I just wanted to focus on briefly Lamech and Noah. Lamech is the one who makes a prophecy about his son who will bring rest and comfort to the world, a world which we find out in Genesis 6 is filled with evil. Now, Lamech doing this opens up for us a bigger look at the Bible as a whole. If you remember the flow of biblical history, it goes from priest to king to prophet. That is the maturation of man, that is the maturation of the covenant, leading, of course, to the true man, Jesus Christ, who is priest, king, and prophet. Now, Lamach he foretells the coming of a new world after a judgment upon the old world. This is what prophets do. One of the roles of the prophet is to tear down an old world and to build up a new world by means of their words. Being a prophet is the mature function of the image-bearer of God. God speaks the world into existence in the beginning as the prophet of prophets, and man, in his image, as he grows in the likeness of God, is able to do the same. Read the beginning of Jeremiah. We cannot let God do this ex nihilo, from nothing, but, for example, through Elijah's words, Ahab's kingdom comes crashing down, and then the era of the kings gives way the imperial era of the world now there are eight large movements that have been noted in the bible where the words of a prophet transitions from something old to something new now there is in the beginning god the great prophet himself who spoke the world into existence and created the adamic covenant then we find next in genesis 5 lamech the prophet who speaks out of the old world into a new world, creating the Noahic covenant? And once the world is destroyed, of course, we have a new creation, and God Himself is the one who calls Abraham. God the prophet calls Abraham and creates the Abrahamic covenant. The next step in the phase is the Mosaic covenant. We call it the Mosaic Covenant, but it might be better to call it the Sinaiitic covenant. The covenant made at Mount Sinai through the prophet. Moses. The next phase of covenant is led by the prophet Samuel. This is what we call the kingdom covenant. Samuel the prophet leads from the Sinaitic covenant to the to the time of Israel's history where they have kings. Samuel is the prophet of the kingdom. Then Elijah comes along and Elijah is the prophet who borders the kingdom covenant era with what we could call the exile or the remnant covenant era. Elijah is the prophet who borders both worlds, bringing an end to an old world through the destruction of Ahab's house and the arrival of a new world when Israel goes into exile. Zechariah is the prophet of the restoration. He's the prophet of the imperial era of the world when Israel comes back to the promised land, leading, of course, to our final prophet, John the Baptizer, who bridges the gap between the old and the new covenant bringing, and the new covenant in which Christ comes. Now these prophetic initiators, they all speak words into an old era of a coming, of the coming of a new era. And this is our task now as prophets in the kingdom of God, see Acts chapter 2, as we bring the victory, the announcement of the victory of Christ to all the nations of the world, bringing an end to their old way of living, and bringing them into discipleship of the church by baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything Christ has commanded. Now, a wooden translation of Lamech's prophecy in Genesis chapter 5 would be read like this. This shall comfort us concerning our work and sorrow of our hands because of the ground which Yahweh had cursed. Now, of course, Lamech is referring back to Genesis chapter 3, which chronologically took place 1,056 years before Lamech. The words of Lamech show forth his saving faith. We see his humility in this. Lamech is a wordplay on the word king, melech. And this Lamech here is also a foil. He's a contrast to the wicked tyrant Lamech in Genesis 4. In humility, Noah's father, this, this Lamech, shows himself to be a godly patient king, looking and waiting for God's promises to come and to bring rest to the world. We see his faith in this promise of God as well, because Lamech looks to the seed of the woman to bring the rest that God promised. Lamech, trusting in God's word, looks to the seed line for comfort. Lamech dies in the year 1651, which is five years before the flood. And again, we see his faith, and that he did not obtain the promise of rest, and yet he hoped for things not yet seen. Hebrews 11:13. He was also in God's providence and plan, 777 years old, 777, when he died. And I think that this shows us the completeness of that era of the world, which marks Noah as the transitional figure, the hinge of the old world bringing in the new. And and finally, a little bit here on Noah before we get to chapter 6. Noah's name means rest. In chapter 5, verse 32, we read that Noah is 500 years old and begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And when Noah is 500 years old, creation is 1,556 years old. Now, Noah did not, of course, have all three children in his 500th year. And the order of his sons listed here in Genesis 5 are not their birth order. In Genesis chapter 10, verse 21, we read that Shem is not the firstborn, but Japheth is reckoned to be the eldest. The names listed here in 532, I would argue, are the covenantal organization of the sons. The seed line of the covenant will be passed down through Noah to Shem. Two years later, that would be the year 1558, Shem was born because we read later he was 100 when his son Arphaxad was born, which was two years after the flood in Genesis 11.10. We do not know when Ham was born, nor when he died, but he was born after Shem and before the flood. Now, we're also not told when Ham was born or when he died because the focus on Genesis is to keep our eye on the promised seed. And Noah's, and Noah's children are always listed in covenantal order. See chapter 5, verse 32, chapter 6, verse 10, chapter 7, verse 13, chapter 9, 18, and chapter 10, verse 1. Shem carries the promise in the seed line, and it will flow from him and we'll see in Genesis that God will continue to choose individual covenant children to carry on the seed line promised until Jacob. Jacob is then renamed to Israel, and when that happens, all the descendants of Israel become the covenantally elect people of God. No longer can a Cain seek to kill Abel, but we will find for the serpent to rid the world of God's promised seed, he must have Pharaoh kill all the boy children of the Hebrews. This election the nation of Israel will obviously continue to produce the Christ, the promised seed of the woman who brings rest to the world. Thank you for listening to the Parbar podcast. If you like the content here, I would ask that you would please subscribe to this podcast and share.